Welcome to the ASSB Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast, your source for expert insights on industry consensus standards and ASSP technical publications. I'm your host, Scott Fowler. Transportation incidents are one of the leading causes of workplace fatalities. With the many hazards and distractions that exist out there on the road, it's critical to have policies and procedures in place to ensure that drivers are operating safely and that their vehicles are safe for use. The ANSI-ASSP Z15.1 standard offers best practices for effectively managing vehicle fleets to help ensure that drivers stay safe on the road. Here to discuss the standard with me is Terry Ketchum. Terry is the manager of health, safety, and environment with Covestro LLC, and he's also the chair of the Z15 committee. Terry, thank you so much for coming on. Great to be here, Scott. I appreciate the opportunity to discuss ASSP's Z15.1, Safe Operations of Motor Vehicles. Glad to have you. Now, uh, one of the great things about Z15.1, much like other anti-ASSP standards, that it does take a comprehensive look at a particular workplace safety issue and how safety professionals can address it. With regard to Z15.1 specifically, it starts with management leading into the operational structure, down to the drivers and the vehicles, and then into incident reporting and analysis. So I thought we could focus our conversation around those topics and how each fits into developing a safer motor vehicle fleet. So let's start with management. What is management's role in this process and how can they help develop a culture that will help improve the safety performance of their fleet? Management engagement and support is a key element in a successful fleet safety program. Senior management is both responsible and accountable for a fleet safety program, its development, implementation, and oversight. In other words, an executive's role is to ensure sufficient staff and financial resources are provided to successfully manage the program. More importantly, management sets the tone for the success of the fleet safety program, defining vision, mission, and strategies. In other words, I like to say, what gets measured gets done. Okay, so really ensuring that you know their staff, their people, have everything that they need to operate safely out there on the road. Indeed, basically giving uh, employees and other management the tools to be successful. Moving into what the Z15.1 standard refers to as the operational environment, uh, this section covers a lot of transportation hazards such as distracted driving, high-risk driving behaviors, fatigue management, personal use, among other things. I'm sure that uh, these are a challenge for safety professionals and fleet managers alike since so many apply to driver behavior, which is taking place when you you may not be able to monitor it as well as you'd like to. Uh, What guidance does the standard offer about addressing those types of issues? Well, Section 4 of Z15.1 is dedicated specifically to operational environment. As you mentioned, it, it addresses occupational restraints, impaired driving, distracted driving, which is a big thing in today's world. High-risk driving behaviors is, is challenging. Journey management, which basically is preparing for your trip. Fatigue management and operational policies such as business and personal usage. This standard provides requirements to address these fleet aspects as well as numerous sample policies in the appendices. With regard to, to distracted driving specifically, I know there's maybe more distractions now than there ever have been. When you look at smartphones, you know, any number of the other distractions drivers might have there on the road. How, how does Z15 really help safety professionals, sleep managers address those type of things? Well, the standard tries to identify the, the many risk factors as it relates to uh, distracted driving, you know, whether it be texting while driving, I know in our company, we've made a, at Covestro, we made a major push to do a program called Heads Up. Okay. So talking about don't text and drive mm-hmm. and our, with, uh, with uh, senior management support. But I think the standard tries to provide enough detail and, and um, structure to, for you to look at your program and assess it 
for risks and tries to identify those things that you need to work on. Okay. Sure, there's no one size fits all, but it's, it's pretty much identifying the risk then how your company chooses to address it is still okay. up to you. Right, right. So just kind of trying to look at, as you mentioned, the text, and maybe you do a texting and driving campaign, just trying to think about any issues that could come up as it pertains to your company and how you specifically can address those. Indeed. And, you know, in today's world, we like to think of ourselves as multitaskers. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? The brain can't multitask, <laughs> no matter right. how hard we try. And the same with driving. Mm-hmm. When you're driving, you should be focused on getting from point A to point B in the safest way you can. I spend a lot of time out on the road driving to work, and you see everything every day from folks. Right. So just, it, I think it's, it's just an opportunity here for to focus on the task at hand, which is driving. Now that we've set the stage for establishing policies and procedures for your fleet, let's talk about the drivers. What should fleet managers be looking for and what types of documentation should they be looking at when bringing new drivers into their fleet? What kind of training should be involved and how can they best monitor a driver's performance when they're out there on the road? An excellent question, Scott. Adding new drivers to your fleet is both exciting and challenging. Before a driver is hired or transferred into a fleet role, the position requirements need to be clearly identified, including the type of driver license required. Okay. Okay. One of the things that goes understated a lot of times here is the transfer. Somebody that's already been in the company and you're moving them, we often forget to do the background check. So speaking of background check, we need to conduct a background check, including the state motor vehicle check to assess their past and current driving history. Then additional motor vehicle record check should be formed uh, on a periodic basis to evaluate driver performance. As needed, positive proactive intervention can be implemented to change driver behavior. Coming back to this is we need to understand where a driver's history is, what kind, are they the type A personality that, hey, it's gonna get the job done, (laughs) but they're, you know, they got 20 speeding tickets. Is that really what you want want in your fleet? That's a risk you've got to identify. Right, right. Driver training is critical when assessing a new driver a continuing education for existing drivers, and as needed, remedial retraining when appropriate. Behind the wheel, also known as hands-on training, is the most effective driver training. Refresher training normally includes a combination of behind the wheel training, and as well as some computer-based training. So it's a combination. Again, our younger drivers have the best skill sets, but they don't have the driving experience. Mm -hmm. So the behind the wheel, in my opinion, provides the opportunity to use your vehicle or the vehicle and understand how to operate it. Sure, sure, okay. You uh, you mentioned uh, about the the transfer. I was I was interested in that the the t- taking taking the step up is that when you know you may have a driver that has one particular type of license and they're going after after another license. Kind of talk me through okay. that. I think there's two points, and you brought up an excellent part I hadn't thought of. <laughs> Originally, I was thinking of um, like in a commercial fleet with sales and marketing. You may have an existing employee who doesn't drive a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Hey, they're already hired, so we'll just say, hey, we're going to move this person oh, okay. in, into a sales organization. We're just going to give him the car or her the car. We're not going to do a background check, which is not always the wisest thing. So we need to make sure when we're transferring roles within a company that we look at them as if they're a new employee, so okay. to speak, when it looks at the driver check. But the other point is, is excellent, too, is when we have drivers and we move from one class 
like a commercial driver license if need be, mm-hmm. uh, or from one type of vehicle, say a passenger vehicle to maybe more of a, a truck mm-hmm. or something uh, larger, are we assessing their driving requirements okay. and making sure, hey, they, they can uh, and legally are qualified to drive that vehicle. Right, right. Dr- driving driving a sedan is very different than you know driving driving a semi to say the least. So indeed. Okay, so now you've got your program in place, you've got your drivers, now it's time to select your vehicles. As we touched on, I'm sure a lot of that will depend on the type of operation you have and what your needs are. But one of the most important things to keep in mind in terms of safety when acquiring and maintaining vehicles. That's another excellent point with with the program. So vehicle safety can't be understated. When acquiring vehicles, whether they're new, used, transferred, you need to focus on a number of things, particularly like the suitability of the vehicle for what you need it for. Mm -hmm. You're buying a commercial vehicle and you're going to be moving all these larger boxes. You may end up with injuries just because the vehicle is not designed for that human human interface. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cargo capacity where you're placing a load or securing the load. Hey, are we towing towing other vehicles depending on the job? Ergonomic considerations. A lot of companies invest a lot of funds to design for, I don't know, the 95th percentile Hey, and most of the cars do fit, but it's looking at does the vehicle fit the person, as well as a lot of the safety features. You know, today's technology seems to keep changing all the time. Sure, sure. You know, they're always coming up with something new, but like anti-lock braking systems, I think most of the vehicles have those these days, but uh, supplemental restraint systems, stability control, rear vision or detection systems is a bigger one nowadays, Mm -hmm. along with collision avoidance systems. The seatbelt interlocks. Another one, big one is event data recorders. You're okay, seeing, yeah. Seeing mm-hmm. more and more of technology, I think that sort of falls into the category of telematics, mm-hmm. which is another increasing tool used both in the, uh, the legal system as well as other companies to start looking at risks of their drivers, both positive and things where intervention may need to happen. Sure. Uh, night vision devices exterior mirror systems, and adaptive headlights. So there's a lot of uh, new technology out there. So I think you need to look at some of those features. Sure. I think the other question you mentioned is about vehicle maintenance. You know, vehicle maintenance is paramount to ensuring the driver's safety as well as keeping the vehicles on the road to meet your business needs. So it's, it's a twofer. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to make sure our employees are safe, right? Provide them the best, the best tools out on the road. But you also need to keep those vehicles on the road. Right, you know, right. Making money, making news delivery. So um, from my understanding, and the, the Z15 focuses on that, you know, regular scheduled maintenance maximizes both the vehicle's performance and its safety mm-hmm. features for all. You, you touched on, on the technology. I mean, I'm sure with, with any kind of technology, there are challenges, but I wonder if there's a lot of opportunities there. Could we touched on, you know, the training and tracking driver's performance with these technological advancements. Is that's really an opportunity to utilize these tools as a way to get, you know, a comprehensive view of a driver's performance and, you know, just the way they're out there using the vehicle on a daily basis? Well, sure. I mean, if you watch a lot of the insurance commercial nowadays, they talk about, hey, if you install this, which my understanding is like a telematics, mm-hmm. okay, it's this chip or this computer thing that you put in your car, and it measure, can measure fast acceleration, fast deceleration, rapid movements, how fast are you going. Mm-hmm. Um, more and more companies are moving toward telematics 
more a positive, proactive way to look at, at the risk. Essentially, it's measuring risk, both from a driver's perspective as well as involved in an accident. Um, again, I think you're going to see more and more of this in the future. Right now, I think it's a bit optional. Again, and some of the insurance companies are, are floating that out there in a positive way mm -hmm. to help reduce risk and then also provide the, the drivers with some sort of incentive, right? Sure. Lower sure. rates. But I think as we move forward, if I understand industry, that more and more vehicles will all have this technology mm -hmm. in the vehicle, whether people know it or not. And I think it'll become more widespread as to using the data. It's not clear to me yet of, of how, how industry is going to capitalize on that. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, if they've got the codes for the information, how they're going to share that. Are they going to sell that to a third party, if you will, and then mm -hmm. the third party right, sells right, right. it? <laughs> but um, it's, it's an interesting perspective. And I think, you know, one of the things we may have to look at in the standard as well as uh, society is, 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 is that big brother. Are, mm -hmm. are people going to be able Where to do you draw that? that line? Yeah, yeah. And some companies have drawn that hard line now. So mm -hmm. I think, I think a little we'll need a little bit more um, study on that. I'm sure there'll be case studies moving forward. But I think as long as you're open and honest and transparent with your folks and sure. setting the expectations. Sure. Yeah, right? that's a very good point. You know, you don't want to measure folks on something you haven't mm -hmm. told them. This is what we're measuring. Right. Right. I really, uh, and along those lines, I really like the point you made about using this to measure risk because that's really, you know, a big part of what safety professionals do. So if they can, you know, utilize that information to, you know, understand the the risks that dr the drivers are facing on the road, the risks that the organization is facing, I think that that could be a great opportunity. I think so because at the end of the day, we're going to, I think, hit in this in a little bit, but it's about managing risk and how companies that are successful are, are, are managed risks by both the positive and the reactive. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll get the risks of, hey, when we've had an incident, bent metal, third-party subrogation, or people injured. But what are we doing positively and proactively right. again to help our drivers become defensive drivers? Mm -hmm. to, to get out of it, not just say, hey, boss, it's not my fault. How do we, are we providing our drivers with the skill sets to be more maybe efficient in avoiding that situation? Mm -hmm. Right, right. And so all these things start now tying back, in my opinion, to the standard, looking at sure. defensive driving. Are we providing the knowledge and the skill set to help them be a better driver? Mm -hmm. and I, I mentioned earlier that, hey, our younger drivers have the best skill sets, but why are they involved in most of the accidents? Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of times, the best drivers say it's, it's between your ears, it's your head. You've Correct. had the opportunities to practice. The, the brain has to uh, see those scenarios, has to process that. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's about managing risk. And are we, are we aiming our training? Are we managing the other aspects of a fleet safety program so they're reducing that risk? Sure. Uh, going back to the standard, I know an important piece of any safety program is knowing when an incident has occurred so you can prevent that from happening in the future and that's where the incident reporting and analysis comes in with Z15.1. How can those involved make sure that when incidents occur the organization is aware of it and what's involved in the incident review process in the aftermath when something does occur? That's an interesting point. You know, timely incident reporting to the organization is needed to effectively manage claims including third-party ones. You know, nobody wants to say they've been involved in an incident, mm -hmm. right? But it needs to be timely. And there are a couple reasons for that. Reporting the incidents 
provides a mechanism for drivers to obtain immediate care and assistance as needed. Mm -hmm. And always, you know, that's not the first thing we think of, right? We need to make sure our drivers get the care they needed if they've been in an incident, because mm -hmm. they're our most important asset. This reporting also enables the organization to implement internal processes to document the incident, which is important, take mm -hmm. the next steps to repair or replace the vehicle, assess the root cause of the incident, and as I mentioned before, take positive proactive action to prevent reoccurrence. The quicker we can identify the incident, again, get the people to care, or the individual to care, um, and understand if we didn't cause the incident, mm -hmm. it's getting that information down in a way that we can manage it uh, and, and get the person back to work. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, one of the challenges I think, and we, with, with driving safety, we, it, it, it's hard to measure that time away. We can, we can measure medical costs, we can measure bent metal costs, if you will, mm -hmm. but it's hard to measure how much, like, what's that person's worth if they're out of, sure. don't have a vehicle for mm -hmm. three or four days, right. what's lost right. revenue sales. So, mm -hmm. again, to me, it's the more important thing is reporting it, and then your company has a way to assess what happened, why it happened, and what you can do to prevent it from reoccurring. Going back to standard, I should mention, and you touched us in uh, this a little bit too, that the standard uh, does include a number of uh, appendixes as well to provide some examples of documentations for users to reference, such as vehicle use, distracted driving policies, as well as training and assessment resources that they could they could utilize at their organizations. Yes. Uh, the appendices offer additional information, as you mentioned, and particularly some sample policies and procedures to help aid the user and better understanding the Z15 standard. The appendices are also great tools to build or enhance your own fleet safety program. So another way of saying that, there's a lot of meat in the standard itself, mm -hmm. but I think at times a lot of additional benefits are in the appendices where we have a little more freedom mm -hmm. to share information without being it uh, so prescriptive. Right, okay. And then you can adapt the appendices to, mm -hmm. to fit. To fit. Okay, great. Um, anything else you'd like to add about uh, Z15.1 or fleet safety as we wrap up? Yes. Um, two of the newest appendices, Appendix J, uh, called Safe Safety Ride-Alongs, and Appendix K, Risk Assessment, provides tools to assess the current status of your fleet safety program and provide guidance on resolving identified gaps. Basically, we provided a tool in the appendices for folks to step back, hey, we think we've got a great program, we're not sure. Mm -hmm. So the risk assessment gives that tool that you can objectively go down and say, hey, I've got this, 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 oh, I don't have this, mm -hmm. I'm doing so-so okay. on this one. Sure, sure. You know, so it's it's almost like it's a, it's a risk assessment tool, but it's also a tool to, to go to your management and say, hey, look, we have this national consensus standard out there on, on safe motor vehicle operations. Let's see how we stack up against the standard. Mm -hmm. So that risk assessment allows us to basically say, hey, we're doing good, maybe we're not doing this at all. Mm -hmm. And it's a tool then to leverage, you go back to management and say, hey, you know, we're missing these things. We need to focus on this. Let's see how we're doing. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I think okay. the appendices are some excellent tools. The other one I'll mention here is a safety ride along. And I know this one can be challenging, I often say in my profession that uh, a leopard doesn't change his spots. Right. All right. So safety ride-alongs are like where a manager will ride along with their employee. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, are they picking up the phone while we're driving right. along? Are they, 
you know, hey, trying to eat their lunch, or they sure, sure. multitasking, as mm -hmm. we spoke about earlier, mm -hmm. while they're driving, and the manager's taking note of sure, these. Sure, sure. And then following, <laughs> when they're safely parked, you have a discussion with the employee and saying, hey, these are the observations we've seen. Mm -hmm. So it's sometimes an eye-opening when people say, oh, I didn't know I was doing this. Mm -hmm. Others, maybe, yeah, okay, I was doing that. And then setting that bar. Right, coming back. setting those expectations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And knowing that we're, we're taking a hard look at that. Okay, great. Well, uh, thank you very much again for coming on, Terry. I know this is a topic that is important to a lot of our listeners, and I hope they'll take a look at Z15.1 and how they can apply it at their organization. So thank you again. Appreciate the time here, Scott. ASSP's Z15.1 standard provides a lot of guidance for implementing a comprehensive management system for motor vehicle operations for all levels of the organization. It works, but it takes a little bit of time. So I think it's, it's important that, again, coming back to our profession, it's about managing risk. Mm -hmm. well, how do you manage risk if you don't understand the aspects of risk while driving? And I think Z15.1 provides the tools, the guidance, and additional information to hopefully make your, uh, your organization's program safe and reliable. Okay, great. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the ASSB Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us at ASSP.org and follow us on Twitter at ASSP Safety. We'll see you next time.